Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Finding the hidden treasure in each and every person. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I am your host, Dale Dixon, alongside Ron Price. Ron, great to see you. Good to be with you, Dale. So today we are diving into the core competency of employee development and coaching. As uh, you like to say, it's finding hidden treasure. It's growing and supporting professional growth in other people. If you are following along in the Complete Leader book, it is section 3.11. And uh, this podcast definitely stands on its own, but it's also a companion to the Complete Leader by Ron Price and Randy Lisk. It's a book we highly recommend you grab a hold of. And we dive deep into the topics each and every week right here on the podcast. And I'm excited for for this one. This is about working to really bring out the best in those around us in the workplace, correct? It is. And it's also sometimes helping them to overcome a problem or to work on a weakness. But we always think, and uh, the way we think is based on how we've been informed through research and looking at a lot of experts in this field, that as a leader developing and coaching other people, you should probably spend 70 to 80% of your energy and time and focus with them on further developing their strengths and creating opportunities for those strengths to be expressed and and increased and only 20 or 30% of your time focusing on weaknesses. So one of the fundamental concepts of our teaching around developing and coaching others is begin with strengths. So where do we start to... Um... I know the answer to this, but I think it's really important for people to hear about where we start to learn about those strengths and how we identify those strengths so that we know exactly what we're working with and we can start growing the strengths. It starts actually in our own head, Dale, as a leader. I think that one of our big jobs as a leader of others is to think about, to explore, to identify unrealized potential in them. To be able to see the trajectory of where they could go if they pursued their greatest potential. This is why I think we get so goofed up when we spend so much time trying to fix people. Because fixing people is not where their greatest potential is. Understanding those unique traits about other people, that's where their greatest potential is. And we've mentioned it several times in these podcasts. We use a whole series of online instruments that help us create maps. It's a it's it's something that people go on the internet and they complete a questionnaire and they can take anywhere from 10, 15 minutes up to close to an hour, depending on how much of a map we're creating of people. And they give us a lot of insights that people sometimes enjoy intuitively know, but they don't see as clearly as they could. So I think one of the first jobs of developing and coaching others is you you have this bias that I know you have potential. I need to discover what that potential is and what's the best pathway for me to help you develop that potential. And I always say when I'm working with somebody and helping to develop them, I always start off by saying, you know, 90% of the credit for all the success that we're going to have working together belongs with you. I only get 10%. You get 90% because it's your potential, not mine. It's who you are. And it's what you decide to do to become the best version of yourself that's going to create the results. And of course, in my own mind, I'm saying I know that it's that formula because I can do exactly the same thing for one person and they get no benefit at all. I can do it for another person and they make me 
they just amaze me with everything they accomplish. And the difference is the person that I'm working with. So it's seeing that potential. It's calling it out, so to speak. And I think a great leader sees the potential before the individual does. They actually see it. They get a sense of what's happening and they identify what the person's capable of becoming before the person sees it themselves. So then they help to guide them through that process, realizing that they're just a guide. They may be a mentor or a coach, but the performer is the individual that they're helping to develop. Hmm. So as as a leader who's working to develop or coach somebody, what are some of the what are some of the tools that we can be using to grow that? In terms of tools, any kind of an instrument, so that would be an assessment of some sort that helps somebody develop more self-awareness because all growth begins with self-awareness. So in in the context of those tools, so some people have used something like MBTI or they might have used a predictive index or these are some of the brand names. What we use, because over 17 years now we've had the most success with it, is we use... Uh, tools that we get from TTI Success Insights, which include understanding a person's behavioral style, their underlying driving motivators, their acumen capacities, which is how they make decisions and judgments. And it gives us a glimpse into how their subconscious is helping them. And then we're looking at their level of mastery of leadership skills. And we look at their emotional intelligence and the way that they're relating to stress. These are all things where we can get a clearer picture a higher resolution picture of the individual. Those are the tools, but the skills around those tools are what matter because anybody can use those things, but if you don't know how to use them properly. So when I think about the skills that we're developing in employee development and coaching, it begins with great listening. And listening is the ability to identify how a person's perceiving their current circumstances or how they perceive their future potential. Sometimes it's how they perceive what's happened to them in the past. And then secondly, listening so that you can understand what it is they want and you can draw that out of, okay, that's their perception of what it is now. Where do I want to go? What do I want to become or what do I want to accomplish? And then being able to listen to the extent to which they understand how their behaviors, how their current actions are either helping or hurting them from getting there. So that's all in the context of improving our listening skills. Seek first to understand is what you're saying. Absolutely. I think that if you don't do that well, how can you create that clear understanding of their potential that's going to be the basis on which you develop and coach them? So then from there, once you see it, now you have to help them see it. And that's where you're helping to create awareness for them. First, it's creating awareness about themselves and what it is that's unique and where their potential is and how they could develop it. And then it's understanding their roles or their job and what is their relationship between what they do well and what the job's asking for. They're they're not always aligned. And one of the ways that you will always hurt somebody that you're trying to develop or coach is to have them in a job that's not playing to their strengths. So you have to then develop that awareness as well. And of course, we use scientific tools for this. We don't just talk about it conceptually or philosophically. We have a structured way of going about it. And then it's understanding them to or helping them to be aware about how they connect with the team or how they fit into the culture of the organization that they're in. Because sometimes people who aren't realizing their potential or they're not developing the way they should, it's just because we have them in the wrong environment. We have them in the wrong, we have, they may be on the wrong team 
team. Or, and so we want to help make sure that they are aware of self and job and team or culture. The third competency, the third skill we're looking at is, is planning that growth and development process for them. So it's creating accountability and it's bringing the right kind of clarity or we would call smartness. So being specific and measurable and giving them something that they really can achieve so that it builds their confidence and that it's relevant to where you see and where they want to go long-term and then having some clear timelines that go along with it so that you're you're giving them this growth pathway that has enough structure. It's not overly structured, but it has enough structure so that you can measure your progress as you go. And then the fourth skill or competency is around how you manage that process. And a lot of that is the feedback that you give to them as a, a coach or as somebody who's developing them. And this is an area that I think is rich with opportunity. And so many of us sort of resist or are nervous about feedback, but there are three very distinct kinds of feedback that if you as a coach or as a leader understand how to use each of these three and you make sure that that's what the person you're coaching is looking for, you can make tremendous progress with them. The first kind of feedback is appreciation. We all need affirmation and some people are looking for the feedback to say you're doing it right keep doing it. Great job. Go forward. Most everybody can always use more encouragement. The second kind of feedback that we give them is coaching. That's where we're giving them specific tips for how they could get better. It's, um, this is what I saw you did, and this is what worked or didn't work. This is what you could do in the future. Here's some ideas for you to think about. So it's specifically around giving them suggestions of how they can keep growing and getting better. And then the third kind of feedback is evaluation. This is, well, let me tell you what I see. This is where you're at right now. This is what's working. This is what's not working. So that they know where they stand. They know where they're at in the process. So those are three very distinct ways of giving feedback. And if you as the coach or the leader are giving the kind of feedback that the employee you're working with is looking for and wants, then it's going to work well. You know what happens sometimes, Dale, is I, is I might be giving you evaluation feedback. Well, this is what you're doing well or not doing well. And you weren't looking for that. You were looking for appreciation feedback. Or I might say, you know what, I, I think you, you, you're just not doing what you said you were going to do. And what you were looking for is coaching. You were looking for me to give you some ideas for how you could get there. So this alignment between what the person giving feedback is doing and what the person receiving the feedback is wanting is really key to doing a great job of developing and coaching. So those are the four big skills. It's listening, creating awareness, planning out the growth process, and then managing that process so that you're making progress. What are some good ways for the leader, the coach in this situation, to understand what type of feedback a person's looking for? Well, the best thing is to ask. <laughs> so you're coaching me and we're talking about you helping me become a better presenter. And we get together and, and you might say, as my coach, hey, so Ron, today I, I, I want to help you. And I know feedback is one of the way I help you. Are, are, would you like appreciation or would you like some coaching tips for how you can get better? Or would you like evaluation for how you did in that last presentation that I observed? And I say, Dale, what I really would like to start with is I'd like with the, I'd like to start with evaluation. What did you think about the last presentation? And then after that, maybe we can shift into what tips do you have for the next time I speak? So just having that open, clear communication about different kinds of feedback 
is a great way to be successful in your developing and coaching. And uh, Dale, I have to just comment briefly. Anything I know, I always got from somebody else. <laughs> I, I think the only place that sometimes I'm a little bit creative is when I combine this person's ideas and that person's ideas and a third person's ideas and come up with sort of a new recipe. But really everything I know, somebody else gave me. And there are three great books around this topic of developing and coaching in addition to what we write about in The Complete Leader. One of them is called Leadership Simple. It's by uh, Stephen Jill Morris. The subtitle is Leading People to Lead Themselves. It's a great model for coaching. Another one is written by Ryan Lisk and his father, Randy, who actually co-authored The Complete Leader with me. And uh, their book is called Real-Time Coaching. And again, it does a great job of further helping us understand how to do the things that we're talking about in today's conversation. And the third one is Thanks for the Feedback by Douglas Stone. He's at Harvard and it's a it's a book that really added a lot to my understanding and my own skills in being good at giving and receiving feedback. And I've also heard you give a really good ratio for feedback. Yeah, thank you. Very good. We know from work that's been done at the University of Washington and in conjunction with Dr. John Gottman, a psychologist, that at work, if you want to have optimal relationships, if you want to have the most success, you'll give three pieces of positive feedback for every one piece of corrective feedback. That ratio three to one. Actually, at home with your spouse, the ratio is five to one. But at work, it's three three to one. So it's what Ken um, Blanchard wrote about years ago in the One Minute Manager when he said, catch them doing something right. Remind, make sure that you tell people what they're doing well. And that three to one ratio over time gives people a sense of security and safety. And yet they want to keep growing. It's not just always telling them that everything they do is right. It's you, you've done this well, you did this well, you did, did, did this well. This is something that you could do better. So I think of it as three strengths and a weakness, three positive comments in one way to get better. And then you have a list of coaching questions that I'd, I'd love to go through right here on the podcast about uh, ways that we can we can be better as coaches. So, yeah, so this is my unique recipe. This is me, all three of those books I mentioned and other things I've read and written about development and coaching. I eventually developed these seven questions that I use over and over again. And I'll go through them quicker than people could write them down. So if they write to me, I'll be happy to send these questions to them. So question number one is, so how do you perceive the current situation? How do you understand it or how do you interpret it? It's tell me how you're feeling about what's going on right now in your career or in this particular project or assignment. Question number two is, what do you want it to be? So this is how you perceive it. Where would you like it to go? What do, what do you want it to become? It's interesting, Dale. This is a hard question sometimes for people to answer. It's a lot easier for us to tell you what I don't like about what's happening right now than it is for me to paint a clear picture of what I would like it to be. Question number three, what have you done up to this point to get to from what you perceive to what you want? So what have you tried? Most of us have tried a few things and we've ended up frustrated or we would have gotten there. So what have you tried up to this point? So Ron, I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to go back to number question number two. What do you want it to be? Because you said that it's, it can be hard for people to articulate that. So as the coach, how can I better lead a person to see and get some clarity around what they want the current, the situation to be? 
Well, I think of how we imagine the future. So this goes back to one of our skills of futuristic thinking. So I would say to the person, okay, I understand this is your perception of the current situation. What would you like this situation to look like in 90 days, a year, three years? Depends on the topic that you're talking about. If you're talking about their career, sometimes I'll say, where do you want to be in 10 years? Which is, it's tough for people to look out there because the current situation and the way they're describing it, 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 they're using all their senses and they have data that is fairly clear, black and white, and then their interpretation of that data. When we talk about what do you want it to be, now they have to use their imagination. So I, I will often take the thing they told me that they're dissatisfied with right now or that they're interpreting that's not working, and I'll say, okay, what would that look like if it was working? And we will methodically, and the more detail we can build into that picture of what you want it to be, the easier it's going to be for us to get there because we're developing awareness, one of the four key skills of coaching. So we've got, how do you perceive it? What do you want? What have you done up to this point to get there? I don't want to, as a coach, I don't want to prescribe. I I don't want to prescribe what they ought to do until I know all the details of what they've already tried. Maybe I'm going to suggest something that they've already tried and it didn't work. And I just lost credibility. So I want to know, what have you tried up to this point? And then I'm going to ask, so how's it working? Or why do you think it didn't work if it didn't work? So question four is, so how's that working for you? I call it the the Dr. Phil question, how's that working for you? Question number five, what else could you try? Let's explore, let's be creative and think about other things that you could try. And maybe it's not one thing you try that all of a sudden achieves what you want, but what if there are two or three or four steps that would help get you where you want to be? And then question six is one that I've added myself to some of the other models I've read. It's what should you not do? I, I was in situations myself where I was trying to close that gap between what I perceive and what I want. And I began to realize that it's really important for me to take a minute and pause and think about, wait a minute, these are things I don't want to do because they will be counterproductive. They'll move me further away from what I want. And usually those things I don't want to do are things that are emotionally laden. So they're coming out of frustration or they're coming out of too much optimism or they're coming out of um, being unhappy with the way somebody's treated me. But they're always emotionally based that I want to be careful and stay away from because they might feel good in the moment, but they're counterproductive. And then question number seven after all this is, so based on what we've talked about, what are you going to do? And this is the moment of commitment. What are you going to do? When are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? How how are we going to check back up on it? It's really bringing it to an action step. This is the behavior that I'm going to engage in or the behaviors that are going to begin to close the gap between the way I perceive things right now and what I want them to be. So those are the seven questions. And again, if somebody would like to get them, they can write to me, Ron, at price-associates.com or Ron at price-associates.com. And I'll be happy to send them. They, they only need to tell me that what they're looking for is the seven coaching questions that I use over and over again. Tell me about uh, the impact of those questions. I'm sure there's a specific story that comes to mind about using those questions and leading somebody to a new sense of clarity about, about their role and, and their growth. I think, Dale, that as a leader, and I've had the chance to be involved in leadership for over 45 years now, I'll tell you that the most rewarding emotional experience I've had is seeing somebody change. 
you can tell them what they need to do. You have to set strategy as a leader. You need to achieve goals. Those are all great things. And when you achieve a goal, whether it's a sales goal or some other kind of goal, it's a great celebration. You're happy. But the next day you're starting over from scratch. (laughs) And And if you don't set a new goal, then suddenly you've lost your momentum. When you see somebody change and you see that they begin to see potential they hadn't seen before, it's one of the most satisfying things that you can get. And asking these questions for me is what gets that conversation started. And so I, I, I think of a fellow I got an email from a few months ago who went through one of our programs and he'd just been uh, promoted two or three levels from where he was at when we worked with him. And his company had become the VP of his department, of his function. He took a moment and sent me an email, which I really appreciated. And in the email, he said, uh, you know, the program that we went through a couple years ago with you, which was really about development and coaching, he said, I think that's probably the primary reason that I'm in the leadership role that I am today. When you get that, of course, I appreciate the fact that he got a promotion and he's making more money. All those things are great. But as a leader, what brings you the most joy is that you help somebody see something about themselves that they wouldn't have seen otherwise. You help them see potential and turn it into performance. And they've become a better leader themselves because of that. There are a lot of things that you can celebrate throughout your career as a leader, but there's nothing that brings as much joy and satisfaction as knowing that you actually help somebody change by seeing and pursuing their potential so that it became performance. And that is an aspirational, inspirational note to end this conversation in this podcast. Ron Price, thank you so much. Great to be with you, Dale. And once again, if people send me an email asking for my seven coaching questions, I'm happy to send them out. Absolutely. And it's ron at price-associates.com is the email address there. Ron, you have yourself a great week. I'll remind folks that uh, this podcast is a companion to The Complete Leader by Ron Price and Randy Lisk. Encourage you to grab the book if you haven't done so already. Uh, There is so much rich information in that book. Uh, It's definitely a help, but this podcast also stands alone. We encourage you to rate and review this podcast. Hopefully we've earned five stars from you. Reviewing it in the iTunes store is a big help or your favorite podcast listening app. While you are there, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you are aware each and every time a new episode is delivered weekly. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to The Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.